0: It's nothing but NBA conversation from the local front to around the association. Now let's get things rolling with Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700.
1: All right, welcome everybody into the Salt City Hoops show on ESPN 700. I'm your host, Andy Larson, managing editor of Salt City Hoops, the ESPN True Hoop affiliate for the Utah Jazz. Angie Treasure joining me uh, in place of Zach Harper, our usual co-host, because he is currently in Las Vegas covering mm-hmm. the NBA Summer League. We will have him on later on in the program in the 8 o'clock hour talking about uh, the extra couple days of Summer League that he is seeing and I am missing because I am up here doing the show. So instead, we've got Angie Treasure, uh, audience development manager at KSL.com, recap writer for Salt City Hoops, overall jazz expert,
2: Mm, um,
1: extraordinaire, etc.
2: Yeah.
1: as always, this is a social show, so if you guys want to chime in with anything we're saying, please tweet us at Andy B. Larson is mine, or at snark underscore tank. You can call us 877 353 We haven't had a show in a couple of weeks, so we're going to be talking about all the Jazz's offseason moves so far. Big trades, two big trades, one big free agent signing we want to definitely get to. Kind of look at where the roster stands now. Uh, we're going to Preview. I guess just straight up do a new segment called In or Out. Uh, I'm really excited about that. Sponsored by, basically inspired by our conversations at Summer League with all the other blog writers and, and people out there, which are basically like, are you in on X person or are you out on them? Or are you are you in on vegetables or are you out on them, Angie?
2: Uh, in on vegetables. I'm out
1: on vegetables. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> Anything green, you're not down with. I mean, lime skittles are delicious. Okay. Uh, not
2: a lot of nutritional value, Andrew. Eh, not a lot.
1: Tim Duncan retired. We'll talk briefly about that. Like I said, we'll bring Zach Harper on by uh, soon enough. The Jazz of summer league game will be over. Right now, they are. Let's see what's the score of that game. Nuggets are tra- are leading fifty two to forty one over the Utah Jazz. Trey Lyles not playing in tonight's game, so limited takeaways what we can uh, look at for the Jazz's actual roster. Then, of course, we'll go around the NBA, do a little bit LOL Lakers like usual, and and call it a show. Yeah, I'm good. I'm stoked on this. Okay, but let's talk about the jazz off season so far, because like, there's been a lot of hype about all the jazz's moves. Yeah. Uh, we've got the trade for Joe. Or let's start with the trade of George Hill, which happened before. Yeah. The draft.
2: It's crazy that there hasn't been a show since then.
1: Well, we did have a trade. We did uh, have a show since then. We oh, had a show okay. right before free agency. Okay. I haven't had a show with you since then, though. So I want to hear y- your true. opinions on the on the move.
2: It's brilliant. I mean. If you had to pick one player to be kind of that stopgap starting point guard in a year where Dante Exum's returning from injury, someone who's long, uh, and can defend, someone who can spot up sufficiently from three, and is on a friendly contract, like I don't know who else in the league you would get that from, right? Like George Hill was it? That like it narrowed down the field in that, and then George Hill with his bleach blonde hair it's gone but his cisco hair was spectacular
1: he said he's thinking about dyeing his hair either green or blue in his press conference that
2: read as a joke to me it
1: may have been but
2: (laughs) i took that as a straight up joke i i don't know he may just he may just do it if we're gonna go reading people let's go with angie's ability and not Andy's. i'm out
1: on angie's ability to (laughs) read people
2: it would be good though it'd be very rodman-esque no one's done that for for a while
1: I don't see why Green, I, I don't care if it was a joke. I mean, I, I couldn't decide if he was joking or not.
2: Yeah, I, I'm like 90% You're... sure that was, a, that was a joke. Okay. Um, but yeah, George Hill, I think the, the other person who would fit that is Drew Holiday, and he's been so injury plagued that right. this is better. George Hill is, <laughs> is a yeah. superior candidate to fit that role. Um, some guy who's got playoff experience, he seems excited about the opportunity to be a mentor to Dante. He's also an indie guy, along with Trey Lyles and Gordon Hayward, although he and Trey have that, like, we came from IPS, Indian- right. Indianapolis Public Schools, so they're a little more closely aligned than Gordon. Me- yeah,
1: meanwhile, G-Time's a private school kid, which is it's pretty clear. Right. Um, <laughs> Shelvin Mack, you'll remember, also went yeah. to Butler, so there's right. the Indianapolis tie there. Yeah, um, that's kind of exciting. I, I think that's ultimately the move that will make the biggest difference to the Jazz next season. Thousand percent. Um, just, you know, because he's likely to be the starter. He's got a younger Dante Axum as a com- as a competitor compared to, like, Joe mm-hmm. Johnson, who has Gordon Hayward, and, and Boris Diaw, who has Derek Favors and Rudy Gobert, to compete with right. for minutes.
2: And if you're thinking about, like, where the play is being elevated from, like, the Jazz's point guard play the last three seasons has been awful. Right. So you're elevating it to... I think you can at least say that he's, you know, an average starting point guard. I would, above average. Like, I was, yeah. it's hard. There's only 30. But. I
1: mean, it, it kind of depends who you ask, right? Like, if you sure. ask Zach Lowe, he may honestly say that he's like a, a like 10th through 15th in, in the league in, in point guards.
2: Yeah. Uh, that's a, such a big upgrade from Howell Netto, bless his heart, and right.
1: Trey Burke, who's probably, you know, second or third. Worst starting point guard in the league.
2: Oh, easily. And then Dante Exum.
1: Norris Cole started a lot of games for sure. <laughs> for the Pelicans. It's
2: not great. That Pelly. Some of those Pelly's lineups. It's a bummer. Like it, it was a bummer, but it was so spectacular when when the lineups would come out before the games because you were like, "Is this real life? Are these basketball players? <laughs> Where am I?"
1: Let's talk about since we have had a show on that move though let's talk about and move on to Joe Johnson. Okay. Uh that was a surprising thing and we we have now had the press conference with him since uh he you know signed officially signed the deal and I I thought his rationale was really interesting that like he wanted to be a leader again kind of in uh, off the court in the locker room mm-hmm. uh and was happy to do it even in a small town like Utah, which is probably not what most people expected for him. Said he was from a small town in yeah. Arkansas, kind of used to that feel. Right. Uh and ultimately the it sounds like the front office of the Utah Jazz told him a convincing o- enough story that he wanted to sign here. Uh even when I, I'm not sure that he could have gotten more money elsewhere, but you look around the league at the other players who got a ton of money, and I I think two Years twenty two million dollars for Joe Johnson is a pretty good deal.
2: Really good deal. I have I have a hard time believing that that contract becomes, you know, it's certainly not going to be an albatross or immovable if something goes south. But um, he, he, the interesting thing about the Joe Johnson thing is I think there's this myth that when a move doesn't happen either at the deadline or at, or at the in the off season, it's because management's just sitting on their hands. And while I think that's true sometimes, you know the the jazz management has really done their due diligence, and that's kind of where the Joe Johnson thing allegedly stemmed from. According to David Locke, they, they were just m- making phone calls and kind of said, hey, would Joe be interested in this kind of role? And his agent um, said that Joe was actually really intrigued by the jazz, and it was kind of on his short list, and he was really liked Quinn and and liked the, the team, and... And it really is a good fit. I mean, he's he's certainly older, and this is not the Joe Jan- Johnson of—this is not quite ISO Joe of years past, but uh, again, you get another playoff experience guy, you get somebody who's comfortable with the ball late-game situations, and, and it doesn't seem like he's going to be a diva or worry about starting or not, but you could— st- Move him into that starting position if it becomes necessary.
1: Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, we specifically asked him. Uh, I specifically asked him if, if it would be uh, if he cared whether or not he started or came off the bench, and he said, "No. You know, whatever helps the team win." Yeah. And I think which is a
2: pretty standard line, and right. he spoke in sports cliches quite a bit.
1: Right. Like this is his what sixteenth NBA, fifteenth se- NBA season. Right. Uh, so yeah, being I mean, candid is before. not
2: high on his priority list, probably. But
1: if starting really was important to him, he wouldn't have signed with the Utah Jazz, right?
2: Absolutely. He had options. I mean, just by virtue of it being a 30-team league. Yeah, I but think his
1: actions speak louder than words. Agreed. Here. Yeah. Uh, I think he's a really interesting fit, kind of culturally, first of all, with he's another kind of one of the, the southern gentlemen that have, like yeah. the Derek favors is the Rodney Hood. Rodney and, and Hood
2: forever, guys. That's all I'm going to say. Why I, I do you say that? Every time he talks... I, I, he's he's similar to Derek. I think he more fits, fills the uh, like Al Jefferson shape hole in my heart. Okay. Just because he's just the sweetest. Yeah, and no,
1: Rodney is the best. He's
2: genuine and is so good to the media and just seems like such a good dude. And he's got a little baby and everything is just coming up Rodney for me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're in on Rodney I'm Hood. in
2: on Rodney Hood for think, a lot of reasons.
1: Uh, I think... He's such, like, he's so beyond his years in so many different ways. Maybe more on the court than even off the court. Like, Agreed. off the court in all the ways that you just said. But, like, on the court, Rodney Hood is crazy. Mature. S- mature. And, like, he's got this old player pick and roll game yeah. that is ridiculous. Love I don't it. know. It's-
2: he's, he was, uh, like, 95th percentile in scoring in isolation. Was really? David is that- Locke's recent uh That's crazy. Stat? That's crazy. But it feels like it feels like a lot of second year players. I mean, we've seen it. We saw it with Trey Burke get the ball with you know less than ten seconds left, and you're like, "All right, they're gonna panic," and and throw up something awful. And right. Rodney really keeps his cool and makes a lot of correct decisions. I mean, we saw that at the end of that Houston game where Derek Favors got the dunk for the win. Yeah, and, and it, he just seemed to repeatedly make those kinds of very calm decisions.
1: Yeah. It, it, very rarely turns it over um, yeah. for a pick-and-roll player, which is, is pretty important. Yeah. Um, less so than Gordon Hayward, for example. Sure.
2: Although I think some of the Gordon stuff, to defend G, I think a lot of that's confirmation bias. People are already have the narrative that he turns the ball over a lot. R-
1: okay, but yeah. But like he does turn the ball over. this is also true, right? Like.
2: Yeah, but, but- I, it's not like more... I, I don't know what the exact number is. No,
1: I don't think Gordon's like a turnover like
2: It's not yeah he's not
1: passing the ball to the other team on purpose. <laughs> like I don't know. Yeah. He's he's it's not that big of a But problem. when you
2: handle the ball at the end of the game right. and they had as many close games as they did. Yeah, it, I'm not
1: I'm not trying to say Gordon Hayward's a bad turnover no. player. No,
2: but you're you're no, I get your point. But I'm just yeah, that was just my side soapbox to say I don't think he's that turnover prone. Okay.
1: But. Um tangent. <laughs> yeah, Big Ten. That was like a tertiary tangent because yeah. we, we started out talking about Joe Johnson.
2: Southern gentlemanhood Yeah, was where that tree uh, and, branch started. And Rodney started.
1: Hood is like... Joe Johnson was the first player he ever met yeah, and he's that's talked just about that multiple best. times about how like that moment kind of made it possible in his mind that he would you know kind of yeah. chase the NBA dream. Uh, Same so with that, Dante and cool. Joe. So there's this yeah. whole like
2: mentorship thing happening on the Jazz now and I just love it.
1: And a little bit now with... Uh, Rudy Gobert and Boris Dio. Yes. I don't know like how much Rudy Gobert looked up to Boris Dio. I haven't I haven't had a chance to ask him about it yet. Yeah. Uh obviously they know each other from the French national national team. Rudy really likes Boris from his time there. I don't know like that Rudy looked up to Boris. I'll I, I We'll ask him. It would make sense um, just
2: with the timeline, though.
1: Right, like ten years younger. Yeah. Uh, and Boris has been in the NBA for a long time, so yeah. he's you know obviously been one of the leaders of the French national team.
2: He called him Bobo in a video, so there's that.
1: Yeah. Called <laughs> him Fat Man. Called
2: him Fat Man and Bobo. So we're gonna have to ask Rudy if those nicknames will both stick.
1: We've got a question from Riley O'Brien at Riley, Riley O'Jazz. Jazz. What's left on the Jazz to do list this off season, and which move has been your favorite thus far? Uh, I'll start with the last question first. Which move has been my favorite? I think it's definitely the the George Hill move. Yeah. Uh, Joe Johnson is 35 years old and was just waived by Brooklyn last year. Right. And and part and you know he's Joe Johnson's a better than replacement level player even now. Uh, but Brooklyn felt that they were better off rebuilding without him. And I, I think that makes a lot of sense, and I, I do worry that, you know, we're going to see a 35- and 36-year-old Joe Johnson not be able to do some things, right? Like, sure. that's just how aging works. Um, you know, I remember jazz fans back in the day were very excited about Raja Bell signing, and he was a catastrophe, quite honestly. Yeah, but he clotheslined
2: um, Kobe that one time.
1: That's true, but... Was still a catastrophe and, yeah. and got way too many minutes, and then complained about getting way too many minutes, and it was just—it
2: was a mess. It was the
1: worst. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Joe Johnson will be that, and I think so long as you know you have those sort of expectations and realize you know he's probably not a starter, those sort right. of things, it's it's all good. Boris but he's also gonna has... frustrate jazz fans at times yeah. with—he uh, may hold on to the ball a little bit too long. Dennis Lindsay, by the way, talked about that and said in his time in Miami. They were really impressed with how little he held onto the ball and how mm. much of a player in the team concept he was. I wonder if he can keep that up for a whole eighty two game a season sure and then the defense is is good against slower players but not against quicker players, which is you know right. again what you would expect for a thirty five to thirty six year old
2: right you'd hope he's mashed up against guys on the bench that it's favorable for him you know right with that experience
1: um and George Hill is just, you know, younger and a better player, quite frankly.
2: Right. I mean, if you're talking about the range of upgrade or, like, the discrepancy between what they're replacing, George Hill is 1,000% the biggest steal.
1: I will say this. All three players are really, really good in plus-minus. That's Uh, good. Even if you just look at the single year data, mm-hmm. so like ESPN's real plus minus takes into account both prior years and kind of a statistical prior, mm-hmm. which is basically uses their box score stats to start the RAPM measurement and then goes either side based on how well that that team does while that player is on the we floor. We need
2: the drop of Andy saying, "I'm about to be a nerd."
1: I'm about to be a nerd. Sorry. So. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh what's interesting is that all three of those players are even if you just look at how their teams did without any of that other stuff that ESPN adds in which yeah. I like and and helps the data out these are still three very good players who helped their teams win I think that's why the Jazz identified them and and uh were able to actually acquire them this offseason
2: I agree and I think Boris Diaw kind of has the uh the potential to be a pendulum swing player I mean he's had the He's had uh past seasons where he hasn't cared and that's been bad for us. Right. Um,
1: that's you, the thing is like, if he cares, I think it'll be a decent fit.
2: Yeah. And I, I believe that there are enough reasons for him to care here. I think uh, the fact that it, it's a little Spursian at, at the jazz. I think the fact that he's got a teammate who's also a countryman that they seem to have a decent rapport. I also feel like, um, yeah, that, that, uh, He's got enough reasons, and the, and the Jazz are bound to be competitive. You know, he checked out right. the Bobcats because they were terrible.
1: Um, the Jazz will hopefully not be terrible.
2: Hopefully, you know, knock on all all of the wooden things in the room. Right. But we've got
1: we've got a caller. Also. that's um, exciting. We've got a caller his name is Sam. Sam, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Good. 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 Welcome into the show. What what do you have for us?
3: Thanks. Um, I just want to say I love the show and I love the website. Oh, well, but, um, thank you. Yeah. Um, I, I was just in, I was just wanted to talk about the free agent signings. Um, I turned it down, but I heard you guys talking about um, Joe Johnson and George Hill, and I didn't hear you get to Boris DL, but I heard you talking about Raja Bell, too, and I, um, I remember these last signings, like Raja Bell, and then there was uh, like Randy Foy, and they always had their like cliché interviews and stuff, but hearing from all these guys now, and I, I haven't heard much from Boris DL yet, probably just because he's playing over in the French qualifying game and stuff, and he's busy right now, but, I don't know if it means anything. He seemed kind of sincere on Twitter. I don't know if that means anything. But George Hill and Joe Johnson seem like they're pretty stoked to be in Salt Lake, which makes it really fun to be a
0: fan right now.
1: Yeah, I thought a few things were interesting. One, as you pointed out, Boris Giel wasn't able to come to the press conference with the other two players because, well, he's still in France. Uh, so he can't be interviewed by us yet until France uh, you know, is basically out of the Olympics. So we still probably have another month. Uh, George Hill talked about how, you know, he's an Indianapolis guy. And so playing for the Pacers, he thought he would finish out his career there. But then he talked about how he was excited to be in a place that he was wanted and, you know, was want, the Jazz clearly had, had targeted him for a while and they, they wanted to acquire him and, and spent, you know, a pretty good resource, a first round draft pick on, on actually acquiring him and how much that meant to him. And like you pointed out, same thing with Joe Johnson, a, a team. It, it, where he has a clear role, and and the Jazz made the case at how he could fill that and make the team better right away. Uh, I thought that was really kind of mature professionalism, rather than say Raja Bell. You'll remember uh, was was talking with Kobe Bryant, who flew him in on a helicopter, and then in the end chose the Jazz for money reasons. It, it, that's not what either of these guys or any three of these guys had in mind uh, when they ended up in a Jazz uniform.
2: Yeah, and I think, uh, I mean, two of the guys actually were traded, so they didn't really have a say whether they ended up in Salt Lake. Right. But
1: but I think as Sam raised a good point. Like, Boris, as soon as the trade was, like, uh, even, it was basically reported by Woz, she said, I'm excited to be in the yeah. Jazz uniform next season. We've seen guys go the other way and be like, oh, I can't believe this, I can't believe I found out this way, blah, blah, blah. Sure. That's not what happened with Boris.
2: No. I I agree. I think... I think there's some sincerity there. I I had a harder time telling on the Joe Johnson thing, but like you said, I think with him specifically actions speak louder than words. Right. And he did decide to sign with the Jazz. So, I I I think it's safe to say at least 66% of the team or the new signings are stoked to be on this roster Which has a lot of buzz Going on about it right now Yeah It's kind of crazy
1: Yeah uh, Do you Are you comfortable with that? Like you no. know, Zach Lowe is talking no. about Everyone's talking no. about the Jazz I had so many people tell me You know I went down to Vegas This weekend To watch Summer League I had so many people Just come up to me And say Andy I'm so excited About the Jazz next season I think they're going to be A 55 win team I think they're going to be yeah. Home court in the I West don't I don't like had, that <laughs> I had uh, Someone from the Sixers Tell me that They thought Not only would the Jazz Be a better team Than the Oklahoma City Thunder Next season, without Kevin Durant, that sort of makes sense. They think that Jazz will be a better team than, than the San Antonio Spurs, what? which, by the way, won sixty-seven games last season, a franchise uh, high. Yeah, and uh, that's too much. That's that's you're I, not willing to go there. I
2: don't know if I think I've I recently had a birthday, and I think I'm slowly turning into a more and more realistic <laughs> person, uh, or th- considering all all terrible options. <laughs> and there some there some a timeline where okay. this is not true. Yeah, well, I I think the buzz is really fun. I think it's fun for the team to be talked about this way. I think it's nice to see the validation kind of from great basketball minds around but simultaneously, that's they didn't even make the playoffs last right. year.
1: I can already like hear Quinn Snyder's press conference yeah. on media day, day one, being like, we haven't accomplished yeah, anything Yeah, that's what he yet. said last year. We haven't year. made the playoffs. There was, We still need to work. we still got yeah. so much left to do, blah, 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 blah.
2: There wasn't this buzz about the team last offseason, but there was. they were kind of a dark horse team. This is more like, oh, they're for sure going to be contending for a top four spot. Last season was like, oh, yeah, they're a playoff team. They'll teams. fight for an eight yeah yeah and you know there's always the caveat of injuries, blah 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 but like i'm I am in on this team definitely being a playoff team if they you know that that should happen easily, but top like people talking about like top three seed, that's madness
1: <laughs> it's yeah it's, but they are they it's are a, like
2: I, it's a really well constructed team this is a and it's gonna be really well coached and if Quinn and Dennis can get everyone to buy in. And everyone stays healthy and nobody's, everyone's knees are bubbled, ra- wrapped okay, at all yeah, time. Okay, yeah,
1: let's be fatalistic for a second. Like, what's the worst thing that could happen? It's probably Gordon the Hayward. most important injury is, in my mind, actually Rudy Gobert.
2: Yeah, I, yeah, I think. With the signings this offseason, like I think the Jazz could stay afloat if Gordon went down for a while.
1: Right. Cause you, then you've got Roddy and Joe Johnson and you still have your bigs and you're still yeah, a good defensive team. There's
2: really no backup five.
1: If you have Alec Burks as your third guard, you're probably right, okay.
2: Right. Like the backup five true center is Jeff Withey, which I think he could survive in short stretches. I, I think the team more likely would shove Derek to the five and then have like a Trey Lyles start at the four or Boris and then still have Trey as your scoring
1: guy off the bench. I think I'd rather do that, by the way.
2: But Derek has just not been proven to be an above average center. He's an above average power forward. He's kind of an average center. Yeah. And Rudy just changes Rudy kind of is the heart of the identity of the team. Right. And I'm with you. I I still feel like Gordon Hayward's the most talented player on the team. But identity wise, yeah. Yeah, Rudy being injured, like all the all the like praying to all the deities that he is okay yeah, like, in I Rio. Mean, just
1: but. Quite frankly, like the wing depth for the Jazz is better than the big depth, even after sure. Trey Lyles' emergence and sure. Boris Diao, uh Alec Burks is your fourth wing as a pretty good setup. Yeah. And that's what the Jazz have right now. Uh we've got a question from Giorgio Spanias. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but if I'm I liked not, how you said it. I like it too. Thank you. <laughs> uh is Shelvin Mack our backup point guard or is Dante and uh are we going to move Meadow move howell Neto high from Greece?
2: Oh cool. Thanks for
1: listening from Greece, by the way, Giorgios. Um so I think Dante is Dante, a backup point guard. Yeah. Uh, They still
2: want to get him significant minutes.
1: So, yeah, there's that. There's worrying about Dante's development long term. And then, quite frankly, there's that Dante, if you just look at how impactful he was on the defensive end, I think you can make a case that Dante XM's rookie year was better than Shelvin Mack. Even though Shelvin Mack did a whole lot more offensively than Dante, who was one of the worst offensive rookies ever. Right. Dante's defense made him like a above replacement level player. Right. And Just he was so
2: good on that end.
1: Shelvin Mack is, well, oh. a slightly above replacement, but still pretty much there. Sure. I mean,
2: I think if you're in a circumstance where you have to have Shelvin Mack as your backup point guard, that's not, right. it's terrible. not the worst thing in the world. No.
1: It's better than you started Shelvin him, Mack as a starter, right? Yeah.
2: While making a playoff push, for crying out loud. Right. Which was what you had to do. but
1: I do also think the team, to answer your other question, I do think they keep Howell Neto, uh, wave Chris Johnson, and then you get to 15 that way. You can keep one of Joel Bollemboy or uh, Tibor Place.
2: It becomes interesting.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: I think Neto, I think they keep Neto. I think he probably hangs out with the SLC stars quite a bit and yeah. sells a lot of tickets with girls wanting to whistle at him. He got a haircut according to Snapchat and also is, is, it's a good haircut.
1: It's a good haircut? Yeah,
2: it's a good haircut. Uh,
1: go look that up on Snapchat. Is there do else?
2: I don't think it's up today. Just Insta- Insta- Instagram, I think. On, okay. I think it's on his Instagram page.
1: Alright, we gotta take a break. On the other side, we're doing the In or Out segment, talking about the Summer League performances of various Jazz and other rookies uh, and answering a couple more questions from you guys on Twitter as well. That's next on the Salt City Hoop Show on ESPN 700.
0: You're listening to Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. All right, welcome back
1: into the Salt City Hoops show, ESPN 700. Andy Larson, Angie Treasure joining you. Uh, a couple more questions for you guys on Twitter before we get to the In or Out segment. Is there any chance that they can make Shane Foster's song the official song of Summer League? I think they should, quite frankly. Um, John, cue up the, the Shane Foster song, Uh at, for us to play at some point during the show. because Oh, we've got it now. It's happening. Have you ever heard this song? Um, I'm sure I've made you listen to it. I before.
2: don't know if I have.
1: This is former. Has it played on
2: this show before? Yes. Then probably.
1: This is former Dallas Mavericks second round pick singing.
2: I like how this story is starting.
1: Shane Foster yeah. played at Vanderbilt singing I Can't Wait to Play in the NBA. Right after he was drafted.
2: That's great. Bad news,
1: it's... never played in the NBA. Aww. It's heartbreaking, and the worst, Aww. and also the truth for the vast majority of summer oh, league players.
2: That breaks my little heart.
1: Yeah, no, it is absolutely the saddest thing that uh, I've ever seen. The saddest YouTube video, anyway.
2: Oh, it's a video?
1: Yeah, oh. of him just singing the song. Oh. He's playing the. P- he plays the piano on this, too. Okay. Yeah.
2: This is getting worse.
1: I know. He's I don't know how I'm coming back from this. Uh,
2: yeah, I think it's a good Summer League like, anthem, though. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of sad things.
1: Anyway, if you want to know more about Shane Foster, really just Google him, his name and my name together, and I've written, like, two articles on him. You have? Yeah.
2: That's. You've also written some about ponytails, but we can't find that on the no, internet. No, that's
1: not on the internet. I don't know where it is. Yeah,
2: it's out what? in the ether.
1: Uh, Cam Saheli, I presume that's how you say it, have you guys seen or heard much of how Exum is looking since he's been fully cleared? Uh, no, quite frankly, because he's not in Salt Lake City yeah. Uh, so and didn't go to Vegas. So he's one of the only, I think there are only three guys on the Jazz's roster who I haven't seen. Um, Which is pretty good. Or at least don't know where, like Dante Jeff? Exum and Joe Ingles, uh-huh. Jeff Withey.
2: Because movie ticket incident, right?
1: Jeff Worthy dealing with some personal problems don't right now. Don't keep the
2: movie stub. That's all that you need to know.
1: Here's the thing: if Jeff Worthy's on TV, like at say a summer league game, then his girlfriend should know about where he is and should yeah. be should, yeah. should be okay I don't with think it. She's right? She's his
2: girlfriend anymore. Oh, okay. I don't. I don't think
1: that's a part. I mean, that it yeah. ended that way.
2: Yeah, that's a. Uh, I have a theory about. Uh, De-escalating or escalating bad things, and she like took it to the tenth oh, level.
1: It was, it was bad news bears for yeah. Jeff Withy. It was
2: like, what was the, the the most dramatic possible way I can deal with this? Instagram posts,
1: which is um, pretty great,
2: but awful. At
1: JPY Blue asks which NBA arena will host the most sought after Pokemon Go gym? There is one right in the middle of Vivint Arena, by the way. There is um, at the banners. Yeah, the banners There's are a Pokemon. Are, is yeah, is a Pokemon stop? I guess it's not a gym though. The gym is on oh, the that's corner. that's not a gym. No. Um, by the track station, right? That's a,
2: I thought the gym. was oh, you right. not at a gym. LDS so, Business College.
1: You're right. So the, I, th- I think we're
2: we're so revealing a lot. Um, I don't know.
1: Okay, we're gonna investigate and find <laughs> out. Or if any of you all know, tweet us.
2: We also didn't really answer the exum question.
1: Um. Oh, right.
2: Dennis Lindsay did say that there's been no setbacks. He didn't want to get too specific about timeline or progress, but he was he said everything's going well and there's been no setbacks.
1: Yeah, basically the answer is Cam. No, we haven't heard much beyond no. what you've seen, other than like he's doing good. He hasn't been bad. He
2: turned twenty one yesterday. He did
1: turn twenty one yesterday. On so, yep. sharing a birthday with you, with me, um, and his
2: sister, who he shared a womb with. <laughs> I was not in the womb.
1: That's, that's, I've been on
2: Earth for six years.
1: That's good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which NBA arena will host the most sought after Pokemon Go gym? I mean, I... The Garden? Maybe. Uh, it's not... I I feel like it's a Portland thing, right? Yeah.
2: Utah is the number two, like, most into Pokemon Go out of all the states. Really? Yeah. What's number one? I don't know. Oh, no. I just saw a headline. I didn't click on it. Okay, that's... Saved good. you a click. Should have helped me out. <laughs> um. But Utah is number two, which makes sense.
1: Yeah. So maybe, I mean, depending on what number one is, number it really could be Vivint Arena.
2: Yeah. I'm with you. It's either Portland or it's a big city like New York.
1: Okay, let's get to Jazz Talk. Fine. And in and out out. In-Or-Out. Sorry. In-Or-Out is the name of the segment, not using that other contraction, conjunction, sorry. Because
2: it's a burger place. Right. That's the only reason.
1: Uh, So we wanted to look at players making a showing at this week's Summer League, and I also asked Zach about a couple of these when he comes on the show later on. Uh, Let's start with Tibor Pleiss. Okay. Place played twenty two minutes a game in the summer league. It's averaged nine points, four rebounds, and one assist per game. Uh are you in or out on Tibor Place?
2: <sighs> I'm out.
1: Yeah, I think I'm 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 it's out tough, on T Place Place. Because he's great. He's as a super human nice. being. Like we dabbed the other day, you know, like oh, yeah? pulled he pulled me Not
2: in. Not da uh, yeah. Not Daps.
1: Dapped, yeah. But with the P. I'm pretty you white.
2: You didn't <laughs> you- you didn't dab.
1: Yeah, not that. Mm, yeah. Sorry. Oh, wow. Don't. I, 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 there's a microphone in front I, of my face. I think it's I went
2: blind fault. watching Andy dab. It's, there's <laughs> a microphone
1: in front of my face. Anyway, uh, he's just a very tall and nice yeah. human is my point. He's frustrating jazz coaches and, and executives because he's not in the right place and yeah. is not running the plays well and is not really defending well. And uh, doesn't seem to
2: deter guys at the rim at all. No,
1: which is disappointing 7-3. for a seven-three guy. He's picking up a ton of fouls. Uh the rebounding is maybe the biggest issue. He only has 4 a game. He can't and... seem
2: to pull him, pull rebounds down in traffic. Right. I don't know if it's strength issue, I don't know if it's body positioning, um but he's either he's neither in the, the correct place nor is he able to secure rebounds well even in summer league play. So right. You know, it's not, doesn't bode well for your second or third string center.
1: He is hitting a good number of shots from outside.
2: Yeah, and that's fun.
1: That's fun and good. And ultimately, if the Jazz do decide to go with Ball and Boy over Place, which I think would make sense given that Ball and Boy is 22 and it's maybe shown a little bit, I can't say that. Yeah. Ball and Boy probably shown less in Place during the summer league, but. Has more potential, would be cheaper. I think maybe you can explore Tibor Plyce trade, uh, to kind of get that $3 million in salary off the cap. Or if you could maybe buy him out, but Mm -hmm. still he gets an NBA minimum contract, you can save like, you know, a million dollars, let's say, uh, from the cap that way. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, it's not great for Tibor staying in a jazz uniform, uh,
2: it's interesting. Did you watch that, m- that mic'd up segment that the Jazz uh, Twitter tweeted tweeted out? It was a behind the scenes of Johnny Bryant type thing. I him did not. Him coaching Summer League. And if you pay attention, like it, a lot of it is what Johnny's saying, but if you're paying attention in the background, some of the assistant coaches are just yelling at Board to do stuff. Right. Like he doesn't know where to be. At any given moment,
1: which is weird because like he's you know been with the been Idaho with the Stampede t- yeah. and the Jazz for a while now, and right. and the other players have been with the Jazz for about a week.
2: Sure, so you shouldn't have to yell at that guy more than the other people.
1: Oh well. Yeah. All right, next one. Fun uh, maker.
2: Uh, ah, uh, I'm in. Yeah. If he's 19, I'm in.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
2: That sounded bad. Don't take that out of context.
1: Yeah. No. Uh, I'm. I think I'm out. Interesting. Because a, I, you know, I, I'm pretty confident he's actually 19 or somewhere in there. That it's if he's 20, 21, fine. And he's a super again, a good interview. Uh, I think he wants to work hard, and I think those are good things. I don't think that he's improved enough uh, over the last two years of his high school career that you can say that that good attitude in in media interviews and with executives translates to on the court improvement. Sure. I do think he's a hustle player. Mm-hmm. I think he's a very misguided hustle player at times, as we saw with the 10 fouls.
2: Sure. That's a lot. He's kind of a double-double machine in Summer League, which is great, but you also don't want one of those double-doubles to Right. Be the 10 fouls, fouls is,
1: is a bummer. Uh, they don't let you keep doing that during I'm the on, season. I'm in on
2: 10 fouls in the regular season. Are you? No. But that's not a, like a fun thing to say.
1: That's, yeah, I'm out. I, I mean, I like it during Summer <laughs> League because, like.
2: I'm in on getting an additional foul. In overtime.
1: Yeah, that would be cool.
2: Because I think it'd be fun, like, guys foul out in getting so, another chance. If a
1: guy has fouled out in, in regulation, do you let him play that overtime?
2: Mm, okay, so this is what I would do. No, if you foul out, you're out. But guys who are left on, on the floor get an additional foul. So okay. if you have a guy like Derek with Favors five with five, then you have to play more. Okay. You get another. Adam Silver, hit me up.
1: I like it. Uh, Chris Dunn has been very good in a Minnesota Timberwolves uniform so far. In. I'm super in.
2: Yeah. yeah. It'll be uh, interesting to see what they do with Ricky Rubio right. at this point.
1: I, I want to ask Zach that. Uh, Jimmy Fredette. Why not? Let's talk about him. He's averaging 16 points a game, 2 rebounds, 3.7 assists per game as well. Out. I've actually been, yeah, I'm out on him too, but I've been pretty impressed with his passing so far uh, in this tournament. Yeah. He is shooting 3 for 11 against Jazz tonight. Um, 0 for 4 from 3. That part's not great. Uh, he's
2: really good at bad basketball that Jim referred it.
1: That's that's kind of the problem. <laughs>
2: he he's so he's so specific as who he is as a player. He's not versatile at all. No. He needs the ball in his hands, but he's also not a point guard cuz he's not a great distributor, and off the ball he's too small. Like as right. as a two, you just can't have him out there, and he's a poor defender. It, it's it's just been proven that he can't stick in the NBA. And should uh, probably head to Europe. Go hang out over there with your cute cheerleader wife.
1: Yeah, that's Go, that's yeah, that's fine with me. Uh, I I just yeah, he's not that good. I don't know. He's, no, that's really what it comes down
2: to. It's so interesting though. These these really almost transcendent college players who can't figure it out in the league. Right. I mean, it just doesn't necessarily translate.
1: Which I think so much of it has to do with size.
2: Yeah, size matters, people.
1: Uh, Buddy Healed, 18, 6, and 3, but he's only shooting 33% from the field. Out. Out on, uh, yeah, I'm I'm out on him permanently. Like,
2: I just, I'm so wary of these basketball, like, players of the year. These, like, these college players of the year. Which is
1: weird, because it's, like, good players, right? Like, yeah, these are the very horrible best players record. in college. Like, and, yeah. Trey
2: Burke? No. Yeah. Jimmer Fredette? No. Bad. Like, I think it's possible to put up good numbers and be on terrible teams and not actually be a great basketball player.
1: Right. Uh, I think Buddy Heald was very good at the college level last year. Sure. I think he basi- he will be able to spot up and shoot because and, he's, he's taller and longer than uh, Jimmer is. And I think he gives more of an effort than Jimmer does. Mm-hmm. Uh, but
2: I think the Pelicans will need him to do more.
1: That's the problem. And it, he's kind of struggling in this shot creation sort of role, even yeah. in summer league. I don't think he, certainly he has a good rookie season. Yeah. He may be able to be like what Eric Gordon was for them light last season. I don't know. Like, Super right? light. You make threes and, he, I mean, he can't Eric defend Gordon either. Eric was a
2: good three-point Really right. good three-point
1: I, I think Buddy Heald can be a good three-point shooter.
2: Okay. Yeah, I'm out
1: on, on... I'm out on Eric Gordon, too, just to yeah. be clear, but... Like, as a
2: as a Friday night lights fan, I'm out on anyone named Buddy. Okay. So
1: fair enough. Jazz just lost by the way, eighty to sixty. That's a convenient score. Uh, <laughs> so that means that they are not gonna be this year's summer league champions and will play the loser of the Cavs Lakers game later on tonight. Uh, we're going to go ahead and take a break. On the other side, we'll, I promise we've got more time to answer your questions. And I uh, want to talk briefly about Tim Duncan's retirement this week and, and what he meant to the league, and, and actually in his matchups against the Utah Jazz as well. That's next on the Salt City Hoops Show on ESPN 700.
0: You're listening to Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, first, ESPN first, seven, 700.
1: We're using this as an intro in a non-Nick Young segment? In or out on Iggy Azalea? Uh, I'm out. I had to think about it. Yeah. Because, like, it's kind of fun. Right. And I I don't mind, like, I think it's
2: pretty harmless.
1: Yeah, I but don't mind, like, a harmless... Like, I, I, I'm in on Kesha, for example. Interesting. But I'm out on Iggy Azalea. Interesting. I just like the beat. That's yeah. This is this is a decent song. I just think I'm. I have no
2: problem dancing along. I mean, I have a problem just from like a coordination standpoint, but not like (laughs)
1: um,
2: an ethical problem. Dancing to it's not Fancy's
1: song or Fancy's fault.
2: No, (laughs) it's not Fancy's fault. (laughs)
1: Uh, We have a question from Pete Busha. Pete, who do you see getting the fifteenth roster spot?
2: It's an interesting question. Uh, Go for
1: it. I'll go. I I think it's Ball and Boy. That's what I was going to say. Uh. Which is, and or see what happens in training camp. Because uh, you don't have to make a decision until, you know, October 27th or whatever it is. Sure. But if you bring in Ballenboy, Pleiss, and let's say Marcus Page and Deontay Christmas and, uh, you know, I don't know, whoever else you could bring in the training camp, I think it's probably Ballenboy.
2: Yeah, I I think the p- potential is there. Um, I... I, I don't know. What a what a luxury, though, to be like 15th roster, roster spot is hotly contested.
1: And that's really that's it a, yeah. in terms of like.
2: Right. There's not going to be a lot of other shuffling or battling for even starting. Yeah.
1: Everything else is pretty like solidly above replacement level. Yeah. Like, I mean, probably 14th man is Howell Neto.
2: I I would say so.
1: That's I mean, at, at pretty, some point okay. it,
2: it was debatable whether Sheldon Again, Mack Again, was your would... starter last year. Right. Right. The most adorable sh- starter, um, yeah i i think it's probably Joel. I think i i don't think Tibor makes this roster.
1: Yeah, I, I again we we talked yeah. about that before. But uh, as always, if you guys want to ask us more questions, tweet us at Andy B Larson at Snark underscore Tank. Zach Harper uh, joins us on in the next segment. Before that, though, I want to talk briefly about Timmy Duncan and his retirement this week. Mm-hmm. First of all, um, I thought it was really cool in the way he did it, and in particular, uh, we were spared a season of Kobe-esque retirement. I can't ceremonies.
2: imagine Tim wanting anything less than right. the the big hurrah around every visit. I think that the teams would have liked that. I mean, it would have been nice to see a a jazz tribute to yeah. Tim Duncan, and I and maybe they'll still do it.
1: And we didn't re- really have that sense of this is the last time we'll closure. ever see Tim There's Duncan. There's no right? closure. This yeah. is just
2: like you get wake up Benjamin Button style and he's left.
1: Yeah. The what's the woman's name in Benjamin Button? Daisy. Yeah. Daisy. Daisy. Daisy sad. We yeah. we're the Daisy here. Right. Tim Duncan is Benjamin Button. Except yeah. Going age to goes get- <laughs> the normal way for him, and right. that's why he's retiring. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that, it's kind of a bummer from that point of view. I thought his like retirement interview and and Pop's retirement interviews yeah. were both kind of adorable and that it's totally them sense. He, but. he
2: just like sat at a kitchen table with a guy w- with an iPad and just like two mics, and it wasn't a thing. It looked like some some college project. Like the production looked awful, but like right. it, you know, he could have had any kind of send off he wanted, and it feels like he chose what he wanted.
1: Yeah. Okay, so Utah-related questions about Tim Duncan, real quick. Everyone's—the the big debate is whether or not Tim Duncan is a power forward or a center. And the only reason this matters at all is whether or not you can say Tim Duncan was the best power forward of all time.
2: Because Jazz fans don't want it to usurp Karl Malone.
1: Right. In On their the other mind. hand, Tim Duncan fans want to say that he is a power forward, so he's not a center, because so, you can't say he's the best center of all time. There are too many, right? Like Bill Russell, yeah. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, right. probably better. Will um Will Chamberlain. Yeah, thank you. Uh there're just a lot of good centers through NBA history and it's hard to say that Tim Duncan's the best one. Right. It's pretty easy to say he's the best power forward if you put him at that slot next to, you know, Karl Malone, Charles Barkley, and yeah. on and so forth. I do think that Tim Duncan was a better more impactful to the league overall than Karl Malone yeah. and, you know, one more. You know, someone's going to attack me in that for that in <laughs> For saying that in Salt Lake City, but yeah, obviously won titles Carmelo didn't. I, I don't care so much for the rings argument. I do think Tim Duncan was like a monumentally better defender. Carmelo mm-hmm. um, was a good defender. Don't get me wrong, but you know we are legitimately asking ourselves whether or not Tim Duncan was the best long-term defender of all time.
2: Who never won a Defensive Player of the Year award, which is like Jerry Sloan never winning Coach of the Year.
1: Right level yeah.
2: of egregiousness. Equivalent,
1: But for kind of the same reasons, right? Like just this long stretch of being like the, Excellent. the third yeah. best player.
2: Was never the flashy choice. Right. You kind of expected it from him. Like the expectation from Tim Duncan was he was always going to defend well. The expectation from Jerry Sloan was he was always going to coach well. And both of them did that. So, you know, a lot of times these awards are a little bit like who who exceeded expectations. Right. And, and that's certainly coach of the year. A thousand percent it's coach of the year award is like who did better than they were supposed to and um maybe that just never fell in the realm for coach sloan and tim duncan they just always were great and we took took it for granted
1: yeah uh i i think that's yeah i I don't think it matters
2: but did he play do you know the data on like where he played most of his minutes Power yeah, so early
1: in his career, he played mostly power forward. Then late in his career, he played center a lot. And then he switched over to power forward in, in, next to Tiago Splitter, mm-hmm. next to LaMarcus Aldridge. You could probably say Tim Duncan was the center there. Yeah. So we kind of sw- switched back and forth a few times during his career. I think ultimately it's like a 60-40 split if you look at mm-hmm. it. Let me. The, the hard part is f- trying to figure out what, what it really is, right? Like yeah. So basketball reference just does... Uh, Positions by height, right? So, yeah. like, if you've got say a six six Dante Exum out there on the floor next to a six three shooting guard, I they're
2: they're gonna call him. They're gonna the, the call two.
1: Dante Exum the two, and and the six three guy the the one, even if that's not the way it is. Uh, I do. So think, you do have some of that problem. In sure. There.
2: And I do think Tim Duncan's a good litmus test for like finding good human beings. If someone says Tim Duncan is your favorite player of all time. You know that's a good dude, right? Yeah. Like, there's some people, if they said, oh, Kobe's my favorite, you would get it, but you would also be highly suspicious. But if <laughs> someone chooses Tim Duncan as their favorite player of all time, I think I love them immediately.
1: Since you brought up Kobe, the another real question here is whether or not Tim Duncan's the best player of the post-Jordan era. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got him, you've got Kobe, you've got LeBron, LeBron you've got Kevin Garnett, you've mm-hmm. got Shaquille O'Neal, sure. I think are probably the the big five mm-hmm. there. Uh, and I think Tim Duncan is probably second in that list. LeBron's probably number one I in my agree. mind. I um, agree. And, and Tim Duncan's second. I would maybe put Shaq, probably Kobe above Shaq, but I. Shaq was off, so good. Yeah, Shaq when he was probably was, more impactful. He was dominant. Um, KG was very good for a long time too, but probably like a half inch below Tim Duncan for basically his entire career. Yeah. It's hard. Anyway, we gotta, we gotta go to a break. We're still talking about it later. Uh, Zach Harper joins the show next segment from Las Vegas talking about the NBA Summer League. That's next on the Salt City Hoops show, ESPN 700.
0: You're listening to Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700
2: good to have California love on yeah, right before we get Zach on
1: that's the line. That's what I was just about to say. We're in sync. Uh, let's go ahead and bring him on. Zach Harper, the usual, usual co-host of this podcast, CBSSports.com, national columnist for the NBA. Zach, how are you?
3: I'm doing excellent. I've been in Vegas for seven days. That's the perfect amount of time to be excellent in Vegas. Uh, at what
2: time? At what point does the Vegas experience turn on you, though?
3: Like four hours in. <laughs> like Four hours in. Then you realize you're here for a long time and there's just nothing responsible to do in any way.
2: How long were you there last year?
3: I think I went the full 12 days last year.
2: Are you just like becoming a Nick Cage gif at that point? Just like descent, full descent into madness?
3: Yeah, which actually works out really well because that's the only thing I ever want to be. So mm. this definitely helps speed up that process. Mm,
1: great. What, what have I missed? Because I left Tuesday night, so you've seen now two more days of Summer League. What's, what are the trends over the last two days, Zach?
3: Well, people are angry that Ben Simmons didn't play yeah. in two straight games. Isaiah not understanding Thomas. Not that these games are entirely meaningless
1: and well, that
3: he shouldn't really be playing in anything. But, like, Kevin Durant played in three quarters of the first game. They realized he was way too good to play in this in, like, 2007, and then they sat him out for the rest of it. No one was complaining then. So let's let's let the young guys like get a little taste of it and get out. Other than that, uh, the Brooklyn Nets are spectacular, which is weird to say, and the Utah Jazz just got hammered.
1: So I will disagree with you that people didn't complain when Kevin Durant didn't play because I I was there at the Utah, it was the Rocky Mountain Review back in the day.
2: Andy was a complainer. And
1: I did complain that Kevin Durant didn't play when I bought my $5 ticket.
3: Well, that is devastating. I mean, I feel like he should at least refund you on that one because he did just sign a big deal. Yeah, he's that got. Should be, I mean, that should be a lock. I'll, I'll... Do you
2: old? Do you get your credential immediately pulled if you ask Kevin Durant for five
3: dollars? <laughs> I, I think so, but I think the Thunder will then give you a job.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that's. I mean, I don't know if I would ask that in the Warriors locker room right now, given the Salt City Hoops reputation in the Warriors locker room. But we'll we'll see. I don't know. I think you double down. I think you push it as far as you can go.
2: I'm here to redeem that image, by the way.
1: The Yeah, thank you. The the other talking point uh in Summer League is like I keep hearing all these nice people coming up and telling me about how good the Jazz are about to be a- in Vegas. And I uh, not just in Vegas, but this regular season. And I am almost uncomfortable with how good people are are saying nice things about the Utah Jazz.
3: Where do you stand? Are you also in on the Jazz? Yeah, I get to use my favorite word right now, or one of my favorite words. Uh, the scuttlebutt around the Jazz right now is that they are going to be spectacular. Like You have people saying they might be the two-seed in the West, which that's, that's a lot. Like, that's really hot. That's bonkers. I, mean, I, think the, I, think, I think the Jazz are going to be great. I think the Jazz are going to be a fantastic team. I think about 50 wins is what they should shoot for. I think they're definitely a playoff team as long as everyone's healthy or the majority of them are healthy. Like, I think success should be you know, really within their grasp, but to think that they're going to be the two-seed, and it's not just one person being crazy. Like, this, is, this is a lot of people thinking this team could be one of the best teams in the league because you know they added George Hill, they had Joe Johnson, they added Boris Diaz. Those are three very quality players to, to put around all these younger guys and give them experience and, and it maybe maybe it's right I don't know this is a very good team.
2: Am I wrong to think that the entire Western Conference is going to be up next year though?
3: It should be because I really think the only reason it was down this year was injuries I mean the Jazz got injured a bunch the Pelicans were a mess in terms of injuries you you had uh, you had several teams like missing key guys throughout the year even the Clippers like the Clippers did well as a team but they could have been much more dominant had Blake Griffin played, you know, half the season, not punching equipment manager. I really think that the West is going to bounce right back. All this talk that, hey, maybe the East is actually better, I think it's crap. I think it's absolute crap. The East isn't better. The West is going to be better, and they'll bounce back. All
1: right. I want to play the in-or-out game that we played earlier in the, on in the show. With We did in-or-out with Summer League players. Uh, and okay. since this is a new part of the show, I want you to be part of it. And honestly, ultimately inspired by you and, and our conversations during Summer League where we're in-or-out on everything. I'm going to start with
3: Thon Maker. Are you in an, in or out on him? I'm out on Thon, Thon Maker. He's great, at, he's great with activity in a summer league process, but when it actually comes to real basketball stuff, he's so far out right now. Can't make him in. How about Chris Dunn? I'm in on him. Completely, 100%. His handle's great. I don't know about his jumper, but he's great at attacking. I love the mentality. 100% in.
1: All right. Where, what do the Timberwolves do with him, Rubio, and Zach Levine?
3: Well, I think the the good thing is they don't really have to make a decision. It doesn't mean they won't right. make a decision right now, but they could. You know, Rubio is such a, a bargain at this point with the with the cap jump and then jumping again next year that he's getting like thirteen, fourteen, fifteen million dollars a year over the next couple of years, and, and that's going to end up being a bargain. I mean, that's that's less than Evan Turner money. I mean, he you <laughs> could you could really jump up in in value with that, um, and they can play him next to Chris Dunn. They can play Dunn and Levine together. They can play Levine and Rubio together. Obviously, I think that they have options and and they don't really have to they – they're not approaching that tipping point of the trade value of Ricky Rubio yet. Maybe in a year they have to make that decision, but at least right now it's okay. What
2: Buddy. do you think the odds are that they keep him throughout the whole season?
3: I think if he doesn't get traded before the preseason, I think it's probably 100%. I think that's a deal that probably okay. happens around draft time or maybe the opening of free agency. Okay. Uh, Buddy Heald, in or out? Out. <laughs> really out. I'm a, I've been trying to write a feature about him for four days, and I've been struggling because it's just not fun. It's really not fun to write about him right now. He, like, he's missing a ton of shots. He's missing a lot of open shots, which you can say, hey, those are going to fall. But a lot of the guarded shots that he's taking are falling, which you would think, hey, maybe those won't fall as much. He doesn't really do anything other than shoot. He has more shot attempts than, than points scored. I'm way out.
1: Uh, how about the jazz man, Trey Lyles?
3: Oh, in he was way too good for Summer League. For like a team of, if you had like a starting five of, of guys who are too good for Summer League, he'd be either the four or the five, depending on how you wanted to put Bobby Portis in there. So he's, he's definitely in and should be out of Summer League forever.
2: Were you surprised by how dominant he seemed? I mean, he, he definitely showed those flashes at the end of last season and was a competent starter. But I mean, he, I was personally surprised by how, how much better he looked than all the competition.
3: Yeah, he just looked super comfortable, right? Like everything he did, there were there was no panic in what he was doing. There was a real comfort, a real calmness to his shooting, and I think that that was maybe a surprise. Not that he can shoot, and not that he can play well, because you should expect that out of him. He's good, and he developed really well during the season. But in terms of of just being able to to dominate, no matter who was out there in front of him, even in a summer league environment, yeah, that was a little surprising. Uh, Kelly Ubre. <laughs> I'm in, but you know that I love Irrational Gunners, so that is the only reason I'm in. Okay. <laughs> uh, speaking
2: of Irrational Gunners, Jimmer Fordette.
3: <laughs> out. We've got to retire this Jimmer thing. I know be it's Utah, but he's got to be out for everybody.
1: Uh, in or out, uh, speaking of Irrational Gunners, Tibor Place. That's unfair.
3: <laughs> um, I'm in as long as he's not going inside the three-point line.
1: Yeah, he's like an, actually a legitimately good shooter from the outside. It's just everything else is is a bummer.
3: Right, everything else is a bummer. But yeah, that's a nice pick and pop option for you know the four minutes of garbage time they'll have twenty times this year.
1: That's that's true. Twenty blowouts? I mean, I guess that makes sense. Twenty blowouts is a normal. I can't. Number of I can't
2: take this much optimism. It's not in my nature. Well, you could also
1: have blowouts the other way too, and still sure. get to play t
2: Sure.
3: Okay. Yeah, but no, they're, they're 100% of the blowouts are going to be in their favor. You gotta, <laughs> I guess we got to all get on board and start planning the parade route. Zach, um, I can
2: feel my heart breaking already. Don't do this to me.
3: No, I'll have my dog at the beginning of the parade. It will, we'll lead it off. It's going to be great.
2: That's going to be my therapy animal if something goes horribly wrong this <laughs> season.
1: Okay, uh, le- I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this in an in or out sort of way, but let me ask you, do you like... Tim Duncan's method of retirement better or Kobe Bryant's method of retirement better?
3: I'm in on both. Okay, I think they both fit the personality really well. I've, I'm shocked we got as much out of Tim Duncan as we did. Yeah, that's well, a good point. I'm in on him having that conversation that he did and the way he went out and having pop talk for him. Like I, I'm in on all that. And I was in on the Kobe Bryant stuff. It was ridiculous. It was absurd. <laughs> he took what 50 shots in his last game, but that was the only way it was ever going to end. And so I'm in on that for him. Okay. Uh,
1: let me okay how about Rudy Gobert he's uh, I want to talk about him after we we hang up with you but uh, he's playing in the Olympics what do you make of him deciding to play in the Olympics and then he's also got the extension possibility uh coming up with the jazz after that what should should the jazz just try to extend him right away even though they'd have less cap space next offseason what do you think about that situation on whether or not Rudy does get an extension this year
3: the first part of this I'm going to answer in the in and out. I'm out on everyone complaining about him playing in the Olympics. Okay. He, as long as the Jazz are okay with it, he should be allowed to play in the Olympics. I know he got hurt in FIBA a couple of years ago or whenever that was. Get over it. He, he should be, he should be you know, honoring his country by playing, and, I, and I'm completely in on everything that he wants to do with that as long as the Jazz allow him to. In terms of the contract extension, I would get it done, I guess, earlier if they feel that there is a concern Uh, in terms of matching a max deal, like, he's probably getting a max. I mean, we just saw Bismack Biambo get, like, four years, $72 million. So if he can get that, Rudy Gobert is at least close enough to a max player um, that maybe you want to try to – I get the idea of delaying it a little bit and trying to have that cap space next summer, but I really don't know how else they're going to use that cap space, and you're going to have to pay your guys anyway. So unless they're willing to go, you know, towards the luxury tax in the next couple years with all the extensions they're going to have to pass out, I would try to get it done as early as possible. Lock him up and just make him feel like he is comfortable and secure within the organization.
1: All right, That sounds good. That's fair. All right, we got to let you go, Zach, because you have more summer league games to watch for for CBS and et cetera. But uh, I'm out. I'm out on more summer league. <laughs> you still have what? Three days left? Four? I think
3: so. It's uh, that's you don't like know.
2: Are you having withdrawals from boogie or what?
3: One hundred percent. I've been looking at nothing but pictures on my phone all the last two days.
2: The activity on his Instagram account has been disappointing.
3: It has been. That's because
1: both of his parents are in Vegas. I know,
2: but presumably someone is looking at him and also has a phone.
1: <laughs> yeah, did you he give? Was, I know. Did you give the dog shelter or whatever the dog hotel uh, his the Instagram password?
3: Yeah. No, but they should have been texting us photos the whole time. So I'm going to want a refund when I get back. That
1: seems yeah, absolutely no
2: fair. tip for those people.
3: No tip at all.
1: Are you
2: supposed to tip dog keepers? I don't know. Uh, uh, that's, not a, that's not a courtesy thing I'm aware of.
1: Yeah. All right. I'm out <laughs> on confusing tipping rules. Zach, thanks for joining <laughs> us again. Uh, thanks, guys. Good luck in your last four days.
3: Appreciate it. Thanks.
1: All right. Zach Harper, com National NBA Columnist and the usual co-host of this show joins us from Vegas. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about Rudy a little bit more cuz i think that is a really big question and and we will have time to talk about a his play in the playoffs and b the jazz extending him or not extending him down the road uh first of all that playoff uh, sorry the olympic decision was an interesting one for him because he didn't play in the qualifying for the olympics mm-hmm. uh tournament that just ended that just ended with france indeed qualifying so i think that was a good outcome for rudy obviously his country yeah. Qualified for the Olympics without him needing right. to step in and be that man in the middle, but uh, kind of the same questions are at play for the actual Olympics inso- itself. Like, and and Gordon Hayward, you'll remember, just turned down playing for Team USA. Right? Who, uh, admittedly, he's got a new baby at Zika. home. And, but and, right, uh, <laughs> Rudy told me he wasn't at all worried about Zika at at all. Uh, Unless it's like, the name it's of a, a Pokemon,
2: Pokemon that he wants to catch on Pokemon Go, it's... then he's got it on lock.
1: It's not though. We know the Pokemon. You know the Pokemon, Angie. I
2: couldn't name them all.
1: You know that none I of know, them are named Zika.
2: No, but it sound. Just don't kill the joke. You're it so sounded dumb. enough Pokemon-y. Yeah. Wow. Aggressive. <laughs> Aggressive.
1: No, I'm. <laughs> this I'm, took a turn. I'm not gonna judge anyone for their Pokemon knowledge uh, or lack thereof. Yeah. Uh, but so I think you know if if you kind of wipe that away from one of the concerns, then it's you know, am I worried about getting injured in the Olympics? Uh. Or not, and ultimately, then it's just you know six or seven games, depending on how they how long they go. Uh, And given that Rudy is going to be playing basketball anyway, whether that be at the Zion's Bank Basketball Center or down in Brazil against high level competition, you're probably fine with him playing in the Olympics from a from a risk point of view.
2: I'm definitely team like playing is good, like experience is good as long as he's not exhausted, which I think was part of the problem. Last season, he kind of never got enough recovery time. I think he's been well-rested um, in the off, And I think missing that qualifier was a big uh, yeah. reason why he's been, made the decision to go now. Um, he wasn't necessarily overextended. But like I, you just can't do that to your players. And also, I think it's really important for Rudy to play for his country. And you don't want to like sour the well, poison the well. By telling him he like unequivocally no you can't play like that's a you I think that's a fine line to walk and yeah. you have to be really careful with uh, that dynamic and I I don't think that's Dennis Lindsay's style to be straight up don't play
1: no because you, again you want your players to be happy especially ones that are making this extension or not sort of decision and with you literally this summer
2: and are kind of franchise defining
1: right <laughs> uh, I've. I went to France in June and talked to a few native Frenchmen about Rudy Gobert. uh, And I thought it was interesting. They knew that he was not part of this qualifying for the Olympics effort in this last most recent tournament and were kind of upset about it. Like they were, they were a little bit peeved. They didn't understand the NBA point of view. They, you know, they saw the France point of view Mm -hmm. and thought this makes it significantly less likely that the nation of France qualifies for the Olympics. Right. And we're, yeah, like I said, not, you know, they didn't hate Rudy Gobert for it. It wasn't like a turkey and a scanter situation, sure. let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, but it was like a little bit of a they annoyance. Were, they were miffed. And I think, you know, Rudy obviously cares about what people in his country think. And I think that he has the opportunity to, by playing well in the Olympics in France, kind of win those people back and have the opportunity to kind of show some of the NBA's best bigs who will be playing against him. Obviously, France is in the same group as Team USA. Uh, Venezuela, some, some good teams down there. Uh, Australia, who he'll be playing against NBA level competition.
2: Well, and he has a chance to medal. Like, right. I, that, that's a good And win a medal. That's got a lot of NBA players on. Like, some, some teams, it's not a starting five of NBA players. Uh, right. that French team is. So, um, yeah, I, I, Think it's in na- that kind of national pride is really important. I think especially, I mean, with the events of today, uh, that really bad truck attack where right. you know seventy-seven people confirmed dead, like, and with the the previous attack earlier this year, like, there's kind of this sense of like nationalism that's important yeah. right now, and I I see why people get that put together with sports. Sports becomes the embodiment of a lot. Of oh, our yeah, collective, I mean, oh god, yes, <laughs> yeah, right, right. Like, if anybody wants to talk about like the philosophical uh, representation that that uh, sports embody, like, y- you get it. But I, I definitely see why this makes this is so such a big deal, both for his countrymen and for him personally.
1: Like, again, I was I was there, and you you kind of feel how much like France's self identity and really any countries does when like they're in a major tournament and. kind of
2: the olympics are amazing for that reason yeah uh, we all feel unified
1: like being like standing in front of the eiffel tower watching france take on whatever random soccer team romania and having a hundred thousand people in this park and you know there's flares and smoke and everything above you and everyone's focused on this game you get the feel and everyone's singing songs chanting etc you get like how much this matters to to these people
2: there's something important basketball about
1: basketball's not soccer, but right. it's like you know the the Olympics are are equally important. I don't right. know.
2: We all get behind on like random sports in the Olympics for that reason right. because I think we all crave those collective experiences as human beings, and we feel so divided on so many things at all times that when you can sit back and be like, yeah, I want to watch Michael Phelps break a record, or yeah, I would love for my and uh, my the basketball team to medal. Or, like, it's just, it's something that, that brings the world down to a level that, like, yeah, we're all agreeing on this thing in this moment. And as uh, to go on a w- little bit of a tangent, like, Pokemon Go has been a little microcosm of that thing where mm-hmm. it's, like, people want to have a universal experience. And that's exactly what's happening. And I, as much as people poo-poo it, you know, the actual game is not amazing. That's not the point. It's Hate kind it. of like people showing up places and having a universal unified experience is is really powerful and and that's my weird tangent for the for the
1: This segment. is a, a more high level Pokemon Go conversation than you'll hear anywhere else on the radio by the way.
2: That's why people come to me, Andy.
1: Yeah. Hi. It's
2: <laughs> existential Pokemon Go questions.
1: Let's move on to Rudy Gobert's extension and whether or not he signs it. Uh it's a it's a really interesting conversation for two reasons. One, if you're the Jazz, you do have this choice of not having him not sign the extension, going into next season, and kind of doing the Gordon Hayward, right? Where he sure. goes out, gets an offer from another team. You can match it either way. Uh, it causes you a little bit of hardship. It may mean that you pay him More. Uh, or for less amount of time, sure. even. Sure. Like he like Gordon Hayward, he could go out and right. sign a four-year, uh, offer sheet. four-year offer sheet and then a three-year player... of player option on that fourth sure. year you could even do a Chandler Parsons where he signs a three-year max deal and and has a player option on the last year I mean right he can kind of decide what happens there if you just sign the extension now it's it's going to be four or five years if you know yeah that's the Jazz have a decision on whether or not he'll be their quote-unquote designated player Uh, but he's probably you know either way four or five years is a longer time and, and removes a lot of risk yeah. On the other hand, you don't get the salary cap space with the cap join jumping up. You'll still have some, but you won't have as much as if you just let Rudy Gobert be a free agent and let only his cap hold uh, go against you. Sure. So
2: also, like, I, I, there's potential of injury. Like, right. I mean, that makes sense that they they put it off until after the Olympics um, because you don't know what could happen. I don't even like saying that. That well, makes my yeah. heart hurt. But <laughs> like, yeah, that that made sense to to do that I'm just curious I feel like Rudy maybe this is me projecting I feel like he feels such a competition with Hassan Whiteside Mm -hmm. like I wonder how much it's going to be important to him to make more than Hassan
1: I don't think it matters I mean first of all Rudy also wants to help the team he's only going to be making two million dollars next season no matter what happens sure the extension doesn't kick in until after
2: right but what it represents you know what I mean like I'm gonna I because he he believes he's better than Hassan Whiteside Sure. He's, you know, I just, I I wonder how much that matters to him.
1: I don't think a lot.
2: I think that's overblown.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think obviously, I think he wants to be competitive and I think he thinks that he's better than Hassan Whiteside, but I don't think that like, I think he wants to show people that with his play on the court, not in how much money they make because they're both going to make maxes, right? right? Like, I
2: just think it's interesting because professional athletes are just hyper competitive in every aspect of their life. So yeah, I don't know how far that carries over.
1: No, and it definitely does. Yeah, uh, I don't know that like, I don't know that he's looking at Hassan Whiteside. I think he's looking at like Timofey Mozgov, and saying if this guy got eighteen That's or fair. sixteen or whatever, then yeah. I would want to be paid.
2: Bismack, yeah, there's been right. some weird contracts this off. There have
1: been. We'll laugh about the uh, Timofey I can't Mozgov wait. contract. by I can't the way, wait. And lol Lakers. In fact. Let's go ahead and go to break. It's that time anyway, and we'll we'll hit LOL Lakers on the next segment. Next on the Salt City Hoop Show on ESPN seven hundred.
0: You're listening to Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN seven hundred.
1: All right, welcome back to the Salt City Hoop Show, ESPN seven hundred. Andy Larton, Angie Treasure, joining you. Uh, we're going around the NBA, hence the cool ESPN NBA music. Not a light... I mean, obviously, so much has happened in terms of, like, free agent signings and everything like that. Not that much has happened in the last couple of days, so we didn't want to bore you on, on that. Uh, there is a whole big tracker of every free agent signing that's happened on ESPN.com. So if you need to be caught up on that news stories, check it out. If you guys have any questions out there on like specific free agent contracts we'd like or don't like that are not Los Angeles Laker related, uh, or Utah Jazz related, then we talk about those two teams a lot on the show,
2: uh, mostly due to
1: my childhood. Yeah. And so... (laughs) If you have any other questions about any other contracts that were signed, feel free to tweet or call.
2: Don't know if you know this, but Kevin Durant signed with the Golden State Warriors.
1: Yeah, that seemed like a relatively big deal. If
2: any of you missed that, it's uh it's oh, out there.
1: Okay, let's talk about that for just one second though. Okay. That team's going to be be so ridiculous. Yeah. They they're winning the title.
2: 82 and 0.
1: It's uh, no, cuz they'll get bored, but like They'll they'll just rest guys. Like I think honestly one of the lessons they learned Absolutely. last season they're not gonna was you can't for go, record. Yeah. You can't go for the record. You already have it for one. Yeah. But going for that record hurts your team in, in the playoffs.
2: Right. I think what they you're right. What they learned is they didn't they didn't have as much of an extra gear in the postseason that they needed.
1: And they're not that good if they rest Steph Curry and Kevin Durant.
2: Right. <laughs> but the like can you imagine having the luxury to be like, Okay, Steph gets to rest this night and Kevin Durant gets to rest yeah, that night? Yeah, they could
1: just alternate. That's I mean it's be kind of boring actually. I mean that's, then we'd never we wouldn't get to see it until the playoffs. Yeah,
2: that's some people's theory though is that like the next step in 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 the rest thing is like you have an A, a team and a B team and you alternate for rest reasons.
1: You just Hmm.
2: like you just it that would be crazy, but you could do it.
1: The, yeah, but like the drop off between star players and non-star players is so big in the in the NBA like sure. like But the, when you
2: have four of them Right, like the Golden State Warriors. So do. then,
1: do you do you put a couple stars on your A team and a couple stars yeah. on your B team? Sure. And then for the playoffs, you merge them. Yeah. But then those players aren't used to playing together.
2: No, I I know. I know the I'm, actual I'm, logistics. I'm trying to work, it's obviously I'm trying to it's it out. important they figure out how to play together on the floor because you know as the All Star game has proven it's not always great when you've just got a thousand gunners on the floor together. Not that right. I think that's what this team is. It's clearly not, but.
1: But I will share this anecdote from the last Sloan conference I went to. Jeff Van Gundy said he went to his uh, analytics staff back in Houston and asked, "Okay, you know what's the optimal number of minutes to play Yao Ming, where you know he p- gets tired and so probably doesn't help as much as a healthy be- as a non-tired bench player, right?" Mm-hmm. And they came back, crunched the numbers, did found out, you know, how Yao Ming plays after when he's fresh in the game and is is barely rested, to how Yao Ming plays when he's played for a quarter straight, let's say. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that Yao Ming, who's been on the floor for a quarter straight, is still much better than the Rockets' bench players. Okay. And they had a pretty good backup center in Chuck Hayes, and and even Decameron Mutumbo at, at one point. I'm not sure which, but regardless, uh, you know, they had a fairly above average backup center. Playing Yao Ming 48 minutes was their best strategy to win any given game. Interesting. So I wonder like if that doesn't work for you winning if if you're at all concerned about your seeding. Yeah. And you know maybe the Warriors aren't because if you can put it all together in the playoffs and you get
2: that was kind the of number the number 3 seed then that was whatever. kind of the pop philosophy for right. the Spurs teams. It, I don't think I honestly don't think it mattered to them as much if they were a 3 or a 4 seed, you know. That no. for some teams I think that's a badge of honor to say, "Hey, we came out number 2 in the West." But for others it's just like, "Hey, it's all about getting to the post season, having home court if you can get it and then, you know, making finding your way to the top."
1: It is uh incredible that they won 67 games. Right. While resting and rotating as much as they did last season. Every single one of their lineups is good. Like the Spurs would actually be much more suited to that sort of A-B team style mm-hmm. rotation than the Warriors would be. Interesting. Just because like their worst lineup was still like a plus five. Right. Uh,
2: Do you feel yeah. like that Spurs team is going to be very different without Tim Duncan, or you think it's a seamless transition?
1: I don't think it's quite seamless.
2: I don't either. Uh, I think it's a little understated how important it is, how important he was to that team, and I know he wasn't playing was he averaging 20 minutes a game last season? I
1: think he ended up, yeah, m- with more than 20. Okay, I'll, I'll look it up. I thought sure, it was
2: but... close, but
1: Yeah, I think it is close, but uh
2: I, I mean, you you, you like to think someone who's only playing 20 minutes on a team
1: 25 minutes a night.
2: Oh, that is more than I than I thought, but I I think he he still really mattered. A 40-year-old Tim Duncan was yeah. a big deal.
1: I mean, in the press release I mentioned how good his defensive Real plus yeah. minus was who still tops in the league. Right. Uh Pau as, Gasol old Pau that, Gasol is in, not the, that guy. Yeah.
2: Pau Gasol as your starting center is is good, but he he's not Tim Duncan and he's not what he was defend what Tim was defensively. I mean Pau Gasol's falling off a cliff defensively.
1: Right. I think yeah, I think they lose a lot defensively, and I think they're like a fifty five win team next season. Which is a lot. Which is a lot, yeah. It's probably more than the Jazz. Cough, Charlie Widows, the guy who projected <laughs> the Jazz would be, would win more than the Spurs next year. But uh,
2: yeah, twelve still. fewer games. Twelve
1: fewer games is, is a big is, deal. Is
2: a big drop off, but, but it, also is probably good enough for second in the in the West. I
1: think you can get there by taking out Tim Duncan's minutes and assuming more decline from Tony Parker. They really didn't find right. a suitable replacement for him at the point guard spot. Agreed. Anyway. The the around-the-NBA things I really meant to talk about. The NBA announced rule changes uh, about intentional fouling for next season in the last two minutes. Basically, the last two minutes of every quarter now, intentional fouls will be penalized with two shots plus a ball, not just in the last two minutes of each half. So in the first and third quarter, you can't intentionally foul as well. Teams were doing that last year, remember, where they would kind of foul to set up a two-for-one for themselves. Sure. Uh, making sure that they got the final possession of the shot uh, of the clock of that quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do that in Europe a lot, but the NBA wants to see at least that sort of rule bending prevented. Uh, and it also does minimize some intentional fouling as well. The other way it minimizes intentional fouling is you don't really want to foul to get into the bonus usually, right? right? Cause then all sorts of other fouls right. give the other team free throws. And so If by the time you're in the bonus, that's the right time you really want to use those intentional fouls. That's usually in the last few minutes of the quarter. Removing two of those minutes as an intentional foul option does kind of help the problem a little bit. Sure. A lot of people said this was just a band-aid in terms of what what they could have done. They could have extended these last two minutes out for all 48 minutes, right? If you're going to intentional foul, maybe we should have consistent penalties throughout that. A lot of NBA owners are worried about making, basically hiding the deficiencies of players like DeAndre Jordan, Andre Drummond, who are yeah. missing a lot of free throws.
2: I I could be, in an argument, I could be persuaded either way on whether this is good or bad.
1: See, and I, I'm i very in, anti-intentional foul. I okay. think it should be ruled, like, if, if it is, if you the think referee thinks it's an intentional foul, I think it should be either one or two shots in the ball, basically. Make sure right. that you get no advantage from doing that. I'd rather it be probably two shots on the ball. Interesting. Uh, just because things like intentional uh, fast break fouls, which are not right. in this intentional fouling because you're making the foul on a, somebody on, on the ball. But mm-hmm. if, in my mind, stopping fast breaks is bad for the game.
2: I, I agree with you. And
1: so if Anything you can stop that, those fouls, yeah. you're, you're going to have a better product on the floor.
2: Yeah, and I think that's ultimately what the league should be wanting to do is, is make it more watchable. And, like, fast breaks are more fun. Fast breaks are fun. Watching people shoot free throws who are awful at them is not fun.
1: fun. Kind of fun. Uh,
2: Yeah, I mean, there's a a bit of drama, but, like, uh, let's say their goal is to, like, broaden their audience. Right. You're not getting someone in for that. Like, as an NBA person, it's like, hey, Andre Drummond missed a record number of free throws in this game. LOL. But no one else watching that game is going to enjoy it.
1: Agreed. Uh, the other thing that you know they made clear, although this was probably true last season, hopping on people's backs on the free throw line is an automatic flagrant foul. Um, last year they had that to like, on point people. of emphasis, but now it's like an actual rule. If you hop on somebody's back, you're going to get a flagrant. So players don't do that. That, to me, doesn't solve that problem at all. You can just grab the guy's arm and it's still a foul, not a flagrant foul. So I, it doesn't help that much. But
2: anyway. I mean kind of a dangerous thing to do right so it's good to discourage that
1: uh here's an interesting one the rockets use some of their cap space to renegotiate james harden james harden's contract uh harden gets to cash in on some of the cap explosion a couple of years early The rockets get to lock him up an extra two years with that final season which is the 29 20th 2019 20th season those mm-hmm. numbers don't sound real like we're not gonna have no. 2020
2: it was like the jazz getting the 2021 pick Right, I'm like that's pretend,
1: and the, the Trey Burke trade.
2: Yeah, that's that's an eighth grader, and that's a pretend year that we're never achieving. Like that's that's the future.
1: That is still one year too old, though, for LeBron James Jr.
2: Yeah, we just got to get in on that 2022.
1: Uh, probably going to be a first round pick, though. Yeah, the second round pick is I'm probably going to get so you, LeBron James Dennis, Jr.
2: Dennis Lindsay, start getting those first round 2022s <laughs> somewhere.
1: Uh, I think it's a good move for both teams. It actually kind of mirrors a little bit the Derek Favors uh, mm-hmm. extension where the Rockets have cap space just like the Jazz do. They want to lock up one of their players long term and you might as well do that while you still have the cap space rather than spending it on a player that's not going to help you right away. Yeah, uh, Keeping James Harden long term is good for the Rockets. Keeping Derek Favors long term is good for the Jazz.
2: I'm so confused on what this Rockets team is going to look like next year.
1: Yeah, uh, a little bit weird, right?
2: Really good offensively.
1: Mike Dantoni leading leading right. the way as coach?
2: Like are you scoring 130 points regularly?
1: I don't I don't no. think so.
2: Uh but you're also giving them all back because you're going to be atrocious on D.
1: Right, you no longer have Dwight Howard back there.
2: No Dwight Howard, you added Ryan Anderson. I'm uh, uh, like I'm just so confused. They were such a mess last season. And the season before that, they were think, went to Western Conference right. Finals. I just am so beyond lost.
1: I think they'll be better. I think they'll be better than last season because they'll be like competently coached. So who so who
2: falls out of the playoffs? Dallas.
1: I I think they can be better and still miss the playoffs, right? Because they okay. made the playoffs last year with what forty one wins, forty two yeah. wins. Yeah. I don't think that's enough this year in the Western Conference.
2: I agree with you. It's definitely going to take more than being a five hundred team. So I think yeah, I think they might be five hundred then okay i don't know
1: yeah i mean 545 wins i mean for the rockets i think that's not crazy uh the west is
2: gonna be nuts
1: i think dallas probably falls out Uh, i I
2: agree i don't think they have enough i although like rick carlisle is a a wizard human being
1: yeah uh those are
2: contradicting statements
1: was (laughs) human okay are wizards not human beings
2: i think they're supernatural
1: so like harry Potter.
2: Yeah, because a muggle is a human.
1: No, a muggle is just a
2: non-magic is person. A human
1: be- is a non-magic person. Um, Therefore, like magic people are, like, are wizards.
2: I feel like being a wizard makes you not.
1: Harry Potter is a person. <sighs> okay. Don't try to take Harry Potter's personhood away. <laughs> are, like,
2: are wizards humans? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I talked myself out of it.
1: <laughs> I'm in on that. Okay. Uh, but
2: Rick Carlisle is good Rick at Carlisle coaching. Rick Carlisle
1: is a human <laughs> and is also a wizard.
2: And he tends to make the most out of his rosters. I think it's been, you know, he's really good at getting his teams to the playoffs recently. But they haven't been able to make noise in the playoffs for a while. Right. Um. You've got an aging Dirk. You've got Harrison Barnes handcuffed to somebody, and uh, you've got Darren Williams. And I don't. It's just a like so injury. The only person who's not injury prone in that starting lineup is going to be Harrison Barnes. Right. And we don't know if he can carry a roster yet.
1: Uh, I would. I would.
2: I'm out on that. Yeah,
1: I don't think he can.
2: Yeah, I don't think he can either.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think he's a good player. I like. I think he's okay. Uh, I think he's worse than Chandler Parsons is next season. Interesting. Anyway, the league told teams on Thursday. Speaking of salary cap stuff, that the 2017-18 salary cap, so for next off season, is currently forecast to be only 102 million, down from a previous estimate of 108 million. Basically, expenses are growing up to the point, including on players, that instead of making 108 million dollars per team, they're only making 102 million dollars per team. Or you know, the amount that that is pr- proportional to sure. the 50 percent in the collective bargaining agreement. So the result is that teams will have about $6 million less in cap space than they thought they would next offseason, which could make some interesting things happen. For example, the Warriors may not be able to re-sign Andre Iguodala um, and still have cap space. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. There's so
2: many just little intricate things about this league that are fascinating. It
1: is the best. Like
2: There's so much that's luck and so much that's strategy and so much is just make or miss league man it's just it's there's so much intrigue in it for me
1: yeah the nba has taught me so much about like collective bargaining and and labor laws and then also <laughs> so much about like iggy azalea's music career and right all, it's just an incredible mix of we're, all these different factors
2: we're getting so sentimental about sports today
1: we we are we could do a full two good.
2: hours on like what
1: sports mean to and I, we probably will during august and september when when in the very doldrums of the off season,
2: I'm in on that. I'll do that.
1: Okay. Uh, one more around the NBA note before we go to break. Dwayne Wade revealed that LeBron is so cheap he only uses data on his phone when Wi-Fi is available, so he's he's not going over his his plan minutes to he won't do the data overages. That
2: feels like hyperbole to me.
1: No, he told a story it's, it's where. A, oh, okay. Dwayne Wade told a literal. You know, he's like they were about to go on the banana boat. <laughs> and he was like, Hold on, let me send this text real quick <laughs> while they were still at Wi Fi at the All restaurant. Right. Before they go out on the boat.
2: I I think that's a person who's in control of every aspect of his life. Yep. That's
1: LeBron. James. If you have a budget, stick to it. Sure. Don't send that DM in while his, you're out on your banana boat.
2: In his yeah, that's good. Life advice for everybody. <laughs> Don't send a DM on a banana boat.
1: Literally or metaphorically.
2: If, yeah. It all goes down in the DMs.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, we got to take a break. On the other side, we'll actually do—we didn't do LOL Lakers yet, but I promise we will next segment on the Salt City Hoops show, ESPN
0: 700. You're listening to Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700.
2: The whole last segment should just be this song.
1: No, that's the, the that first line is all we need. Yeah. Basketball is my favorite sport. I love. I like how they dribble up and down the court. Yeah. That's what I like most about basketball. It's just mostly the dribbling. That's up and down the court. Poetry. Yeah. Can
2: you imagine if basketball was just dribbling?
1: <laughs> it's like a very Neil sort of thing where yeah. uh, if we just didn't keep score and just thought it was like ballet and just let. Athletes do athletic things in front of us for yeah. fun. That'd be great. Anyway, late, great Neil Walk. Uh, let's a, go to. Very specific reference. Indeed. Let's go to LOL Lakers. <laughs> So the Lakers have more going on than before, right? Like yeah. long term, they're they're looking okay. They've got DeAngelo Russell. They have Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram, who's kind of sucking in summer league, but will you know? He's got the body of Slenderman. He is a very slender man. He is uh, like 150 pounds. That's not true. He's, <laughs> he's just very very skinny in person.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, but they have made some hilarious free agent moves. Uh, the Luol Deng one was not that funny. I mean, no. they had No, four give them... years is a long time. Right. Uh, but the the Timofey Mozgov move...
2: Like, they jumped on that. Like, they were all over doing that as soon as they could... As soon as right. the moratorium that had night, ended.
1: Timofey Mozgov was their first call. Yeah. And they wanted to pay him $16 million a year so yeah. badly. Yeah. <laughs> uh... Yeah, it's a it's a lot of it's a lot of money. In fact, Timofey Mozgov is about to make more money than Gordon Hayward next season. <laughs> uh, right. That's
2: so bad.
1: So, they also gave an extension to Jordan Clarkson. Again, something they probably had to do. But you look at their roster now, and it's Luol Deng makes eighteen million dollars a year. Yeah. Timofey Mozgov makes sixteen million dollars a year. Jordan Clarkson makes twelve and a half million dollars a year. Jose Calderon, who they just traded for, makes 7.7. Yeah. Lou Williams makes 7. Yeah. Tariq Black makes 6. Yeah, they re-signed him for a one-year $6 million How deal. How much does Nick make? Young is still on their books, $5.5 Great. million. Really, their top seven players are all, okay, beyond Luol Deng, are all kind of trash. Yeah. There's nobody good. Luol Deng's, like, decent, right? Like, they yeah, haven't like, spot up, but...
2: I'm not sure Jordan Clarkson's more than, like... A guy who can put up numbers on a bad team? No, I'm not convinced. The good that news he's is good. that the
1: Lakers will continue to be a bad team for for a while. For a while. But if you're the Lakers, doesn't it just make way more sense to like Miami Heat this in 2009 and basically yeah. set up your cap space so that everything expires next season and you have you have to pay like 15 million dollars and to DeAngelo Russell, uh, Iv- Ivica Zubac. Uh, uh, Brandon Ingram right. and Julius Randall. I mean, uh, I don't know if I said Randall already. Yeah. Regardless, you're five good players and then just leave, see what else is out there rather than spending long-term money on Luol Deng, Timofey Mozgov. And, I mean, I guess Jordan Clarkson's a young piece, but still, I'm not convinced he's good.
2: Let's anyone in the front office of the Lakers is as smart as Pat Riley. Right. Although Pat Riley just did a dumb thing with Dwayne Wade.
1: Yeah. For, I mean, no one is... Uh, and I honestly thought that Mitch Kupchak was a good GM. Sure. And, and maybe at this point, it's not Mitch Kupchak making the decisions. Maybe it's Jimmy it's, Buss. Bus, but, yeah. yikes. I, I just... Uh, it's really the Mozgov deal that was the biggest mistake, right? Like, yeah. g- giving 464 to Mozgov day one of free agency when there <laughs> were so many centers out there. To the yeah. point where, like, uh, Fences like- Azili got a one-year, what was it, $8 million yeah. deal? And... Myers-Leonard, who is much younger, mm-hmm. much better than Timofey Mozgov.
2: 441?
1: Four, yeah. I mean...
2: it it just... Like, why wouldn't you wait that out? Like, uh, yeah. who was knocking on Timofey Mozgov's giant door and saying, please, giant injured man who we don't know can touch basketball without, like, knocking it into the backcourt? Like, please sign with us.
1: Like, clearly there was a shortage of wings, right? Like, yeah. Alan Crabb got... Four seventy yeah. late in the free agency. Crazy. Also going to be making more money than Gordon Hayward next season. By the way,
2: I think they're going to regret that contract.
1: Uh, yeah, I think so. Me too. I. I, just I don't think don't they could
2: let him go, but I also don't think it's like, smart.
1: I think they could let him. Like, why could th- they let him go?
2: I don't know. I think a bad con. I think they they were panicking, but I think a bad contract is a bad contract, and. Tim Faye Mozgov is like the top of the bad contracts yeah, this offseason. It's not
1: great. Him and Evan Turner again.
2: Oh, Evan Turner. That was awful.
1: Yeah. Anyway, that's how Lakers. Lakers. Um, uh, yeah. Okay, so quick, a, yeah, laugh at the Portland Trailblazers segment. They just, <laughs> right. they just signed Evan Turner for four years, $70 million.
2: For having such a quality offseason last year and being really heralded as as replacing their starters in a really smart money saving but player efficient way and then doing the opposite of those things by being like hey evan mid-range turner please sign with our basketball team
1: right and there is a point where you just need to spend money to make your team better to fill in those holes but uh, it's hard to say that they got better right like
2: i don't think they're better
1: i I don't is evan turner better than mo harkless uh, yeah, prob- but mean, like I, he
2: needs more. He needs more usage to yeah. be effective, and and the, then it's worse.
1: Takes the ball out of Damian yeah. Lillard's and CJ McCollum. As, like, why
2: would you do that? Yikes. It doesn't make any sense. Like, I think everyone compared the Jazz to the Trailblazers last season, and I get why they did that. But I also think the Jazz are going to be in a better spot this season than the Blazers are. Yeah, both right. win wise and like franchise wise.
1: Hmm. Uh, Ennis Kanter obviously making more than than Gordon Hayward. Because, of course, yeah. Bismack Miombo now is two. Uh,
2: Remember when everyone was so upset about that contract?
1: Ryan Anderson's getting $18.7 million a year. Nick Batum got $20. i am just going through some of these numbers, and it's still crazy.
2: That's so much money. The- I would like $20 now, just from somebody.
1: From any of these players that I've just named?
2: No, just like a person on the street.
1: If you would like to give Andy Treasury $20, please... DM me. DM <laughs> Snark Tank. Do you have open DMs for... I don't. Oh. Is that a thing I should do? No, probably, probably no one's going to give you
2: $20. I just would be afraid of what would show up in yeah. my inbox if I- that happened.
1: Probably a bad idea. Anyway, that's our show for today. Thank you guys for listening. As always, we post these online as iTunes, on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud, as well as on SaltCityHoops.com. Check us out there with more articles and insight about the Utah Jazz. Also check out my articles on KSL.com. Thank you all for listening. This has been the Salt City Hoops Show on ESPN 700. <laughs>